you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the, world. in the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. The CEOs, authors, thought leaders, visionaries, and motivators. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times. Because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. I'm Osis Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. There we go. And the Iron Lady sings, and ladies and gentlemen, that makes it official. Welcome to the show. We certainly appreciate you guys. Remember, the Chris Voss Show is the family that loves you but doesn't judge you, at least not as harsh as your mother-in-law because, you know, we all know she didn't like you anyway. She wanted her to marry Bob, and uh, Bob went on to become that uh, banker, that investment banker, made all that money, so she's going to hold it against you for life. But you know what they get it on her good side is refer the show to her and her family and friends, and that way she'll maybe appreciate you more or maybe not, but she'll like me. So that's all that's really I'm looking for. Go to Goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Voss. Chris Voss, one of the TikTokening, Chris Voss, Facebook.com. As always, we have the most smartest, brilliant minds on the show. None of them are me, but that's why we do guests, people. <laughs> See what we did there? We have an amazing, burgeoning, great author coming on the show. She's going to be talking to us about her newest book that's launching March 4th, 2024. It's called Stone of Love. The Stones of Iona series. Margaret Izard is on the show with us today. She'll be talking to her about her amazing book. And she is an award-winning author of historical fantasy and paranormal romance novels. She spent her early years through college to adulthood dedicated to dance, theater, and performing. Over the years, she developed a love story for great storytelling in different mediums. She does not waste a good story, be it movement, the spoken or written word. She discovered historical romance novels in middle school, which combined her desire for romance, drama, and fantasy. She writes exciting plot lines, steamy love scenes, and always falls for a strong male with a soft heart. What do you got against weak males? Come on, man. With hard <laughs> hearts. Weak males with hard hearts. She lives in Houston, Texas with her husband and adult triplets. Oh, my gosh. And loves to hear from readers. Welcome to the show, Margaret. How are you? I'm good. How are you, Chris? I am excellent. Welcome to the show. Give us your dot-coms. Where can people find you on the interwebs? You can find me at margaretazardauthor.com. That's M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-I-Z-A-R-D, author.com. My social handle is Mazard Author. So it's not wizard, but it's M for magic. So it's Mazard Author. M I Z A R D. Let's see what we did there. <laughs> Margaret Mazard. So there you go. Maybe it's a maybe it's a female version of Wizard, Mazard. I don't know. You just make it up. You can do whatever you want, right? Well, that's interesting. Question. Yeah. My husband's name is William. So really? he goes he yeah, he goes W he goes he goes by wizard. So yeah. He's a wizard and you're a Mazard. I see. It's mm -hmm. the new it's the new uh, what do they call it? Mr. and Mrs. I don't know. There's a term for it. But to welcome the show. Congratulations on the new book. And I understand this is gonna be a book in a in a series that you've got outlined, so there's gonna be more to come. Yes, there is more to come. This is the first book. It's the debut book of the paranormal romance series, Stones of Iona. And Stone of Love will be coming Monday, and Stone of Fear will be coming in June, June twelfth. There's a companion, a Christmas companion novel coming this Christmas season. And Stone of Lust, book three in the series, will come sometime in early 2025. There you go. Stone of Lust. That's the one I'm looking for. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> 
There you go. It'll be available on OnlyFans later on this year. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. It's not. Don't we just use that as a callback joke? We love OnlyFan callback jokes. So give us a thirty thousand overview of what's in your new book and what's inside that we'll find. Stone of Love. Stone of Love takes place in Scotland. It features an American scholar who travels to Scotland to fix and renovate a Scottish lord's old chapel, old mm. 13th century chapel. And during this process, when she comes and renovates his chapel, he finds out that he has a hereditary duty to protect magic fae stones called the Iona stones. Oh. And so the fae task him with the task to find these missing magic stones. And he has to travel back in time to assume the identity of his identical ancestor. And while he's back in time trying to fight the evil fae and find the stone in order to save the realms, Brielle, the American scholar, accidentally trips and follows him back in time. Oh, so she's not really stalking him. She's just, it was an accident, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm, maybe. <laughs> maybe the player behind it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is what I people usually tell me when I'm restraining her. They use that story. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the jokes, people, the jokes. So this sounds really cool. And uh, there's a bit of magic and mystery and uh, romance, I guess. Is there romance Definitely in here? Romance. Huh? Ah, that would explain the steamy. So the steamy lust scenes, as you alluded to in the biography. Maybe. Well, yes, there's, you know, it's interesting because I, I, I talk about this um, to some writers and it, and it turns out to be a really kind of interesting conversation. I spent some time, you know, you, you, you as writers, you go through the process of trying to learn writing and, you know, you try and make your book better. And so I spent some time mentoring under an erotica romance writer, a New York Times oh, best really? writer. And so I mentored with her some in order to mm -hmm. kind of try and make my steamy scenes a little bit better and a little mm -hmm. bit, more, you know, fuller and just more exciting. And the interesting thing that I found out with working with her is, you know, the first thing I sent her was a steamy scene. And she's like, no, I have to know what happens before. I have to know what make, brings meaning and, and how these people connect mm -hmm. and, and what makes a difference to them before we get to the actual part of the intimacy. And so the interesting thing that I learned from, of all things, an erotica writer is that what's more important than the intimacy part is what makes them connect and what makes people connect and how people connect and how they find love and how they fall in love. Mm. And so intimacy, while it's a wonderful and a great, wonderful step towards any kind of romance and relationship, it's not the only thing. There but, you go. But yes, but I do write some steamy scenes and my books are definitely for mature audiences. There you but go. It's, it's really about how you go through life, you do your things and you connect with people and as you do life, you kind of find love along the way. There you go. Yeah, you can't go right to the Fifty Shades of Grey whips of chains or sex on the beach. You got to you gotta lead up, people. You got to have some foreplay or something, you know, in the mind. Yeah, I, I was kind of a little disappointed when I saw the book's title was Stone in Love. And I thought it was a, uh, I thought it was a book about a guy in love with his bong. But uh, his marijuana <laughs> bong. But uh, this does. This sounds like a much more interesting story. Stone of this, thank you. The stone of love is actually the stone that they're searching. Mm -hmm. And so each of the books, you know, stone of fear. That's the stone that they're searching in that book. And stone of lust. There's a there's a lust mm. stone. I know you'll be enjoying that one. Yeah, I like the thing with yeah. lust, and I enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, there's there's actually seven stones that they'll oh. be searching. So there's seven okay. books. <laughs> all right there you go and it's all it's all i guess three of three or four of them are technically in the can is that how it works the where they're scheduled for release yes mm -hmm. yes there you go. They, yeah yeah they, I've, I've actually written ahead when i first contracted the first book i i had already drafted the first three there you go and so i'm actually all the way into drafting book six right now and there's seven books oh. in the series plus the, there's three christmas companion books 
So there'll be seven total series plus three companion books for a total of 10. Mm -hmm. Right. There you go. Doing this is your first novel. What was it like creating the characters? How did you pick them? What, what, What were some of the things you used to build them out? Well, actually, a lot of information that I got concerning the McDougal family, which is the Scottish family that previously owned Dunstaffnage Castle, which is where the chapel is and where the novel takes place in Scotland. It's near Mm -hmm. Oban, Scotland. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is really a castle ruin. And in the book, it's actually not a ruin. The Mm -hmm. chapel is a ruin. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the characters are based upon who their current, who their ancestors are in the past, who their current people are. It's sort of loosely based a little bit on just some of their names, but the his, the history that is involved when we do travel to the past is actually pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of where my inspiration started. I came up with the concept of the magic stones when I read about the Stone of Destiny, which is the coronation stone, which is the stone that the king sits on in order to be crowned. Mm-hmm. Uh, it actually traveled through Dunstaffnage Castle back in the 1700s. And that's oh, really? where the inspiration for this concept of these magic stones. And so I thought, you know, this stone, it, it traveled through Dunstaffnage to the Isle of Iona. And so I came up with this concept of, you know, what if there were, what if the stone was magic? And what if there were multiple stones and they were magic? And so I wanted to include this folklore of the Fae. And, and, now, what is the Fae? Fae fairies. Fairies. Okay, there uh-huh. you go. I I need to read up more on the whole fairy thing and and the and what a fae is. Now is so is a fae a fairy like kind of like what I saw in like the Hobbit and stuff, the movie. Yes, yes, there it is go. kind of like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. And so they go through this journey. You know, wh- why did you? Why did? Why does this genre you find appeals to you the most? Paranormal romance. The uh, it. Just the whole concept of the folklore and being able to Mm -hmm. involve the folklore of the Fae from Scotland. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of the stories that come into play, some of the fables are from some of the lore of Scotland. I like the concept of the paranormal aspect that I can do the time travel and that it becomes timeless Mm -hmm. and that love becomes timeless and just exploring people's destiny and Mm -hmm. whether their destiny, you know, and, and it just seems that looking at time travel and, and involving the fae and the paranormal, it takes it to a level above and beyond what normal everyday life. So it becomes an escape. But the concept is, is that you find fate mm-hmm. and you find fated love and mm-hmm. your destiny is found, whether you, whether you're in this time or you're in another time. Ah, there you go. When you were young, did you write? What, what made you first decide you were becoming a writer was paranormal activity something you were always interested in or was there something that triggered oh, i've always i've always been interested in <laughs> in drama and fantasy and telling mm-hmm. stories i started dancing when i was three i started taking uh-huh. acting class when i was eight began performing when i was three so telling stories in different ways whether it's through dance whether it's through theater whether mm-hmm. it's through singing that's always appealed to me my entire life and so mm-hmm. I'm, i've always wanted to write Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I thought about it when I first married and I sort of had a little detour when I had triplets. <laughs> Was that because so, I technically named wizard? If you take the first one, <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 Maybe. there you go. Maybe. Hey, yeah, so I, triplets. I, I was going to yes. say, we need to flush that out because you, we can't have that in the bio without knowing more triplets. Wow. Triplets. They're 26. Wow. 26 of them or just triplets? No, they're 26 oh, years old. <laughs> No, no, no. There, there's three. There's two boys there and a girl. That's a that's quite a load. Did you did you find you wrote during that time, or were you just too busy and and uh, I don't know. 
I, I, I've written some most of my life. I just mm. never had the courage to share it with anyone. Oh, and go. I never felt that it was good enough. You know, mm. uh, I, I danced in college. I've always told stories through movement. I owned mm. a studio, ran a dance company, raised my kids. Mm. You know, storytelling has been a, a part of my life all my life. Yeah. Stories are the are the things that shape life, or as we always say, the owner's manual to life. It's it's a great entertainment. You know, I I was so stupid. I didn't I didn't understand the importance of stories, even though I was a story collector for all, all my life. I didn't understand that everything was stories. You know, movies, TV, books, mm-hmm. everything. We love stories. It entertains us. It it motivates us. It inspires us. It we learn from stories. You know, we learn from other people's lives. So when did you finally decide to you know? say, hey, I'm going to write and and start pursuing getting this publishing deal? Probably about five years ago, I decided to, I wanted to really sit down and do something important. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to call it a midlife crisis, but I just wanted to do something very important for myself. Uh, I had spent a lot of time with my children through high school and college tutoring them. Mm-hmm. And they had, you know, kind of finished college and they've kind of got their lives set. And so, I, you know, my time kind of freed up and I said, you know, this is it. It's now mm-hmm. or never. There and so go. it's and, and it's interesting because I, I finally did put my foot down and finally sat down and wrote something and, and took some classes and took some seminars oh. and, you know, learned what writing was all about and how to write well. And mm-hmm. that's what's important is how to write well. So you so, finally got those Dern triplets out of the house. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. And, and now you've been able to focus on it. Right. I've been able to do a little focusing on myself. And it's, it's really been a very rewarding and a very growth experience in order to write a book and to share it with the world. It seems that, you know, I'm, I'm already into book six. I, I seem to have a lot to say. Yeah, <laughs> you, you become a font of just literature that's just pouring out of you. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. You Thank know, you. Why have you, been, why have you been keeping it from us all this time? <laughs> well, we know you had triplets. It had to be the right time. There you go. It is kind of how interesting how life works that way, where you have to find the right time, and then, and then it comes out of you. As you've been writing the books, what, what sort of, you know, some people have different ways that they write. Is there a certain pattern or, or trick that you use to write every day, or do you, do you have sort of rules and regulations? Like some people write in the morning, some people write at night. What, what's the thing that you find works for you? Because you, you've been pr- pretty proficient with it so far. I've been very proficient. I've been very disciplined. I I write during the day. Mm -hmm. I brainstorm during those insomnia hours at night. I get some of my greatest ideas at three o'clock in the morning. Um, I need to do that when I'm not sleeping. Just get up and try and write some stuff. I, I, you know, I tried it once. I tried to get up and write at 3 a.m. and it just, it's just awful. It just just doesn't work. Thoughts come great, you know, because that's, I think Mm -hmm. when you have your clearest mind and and your mind, you know, it's, it's the most open. Mm -hmm. So I I usually make little notes with my phone, roll over and make little notes and try and go back to sleep. But I'm very, very disciplined about writing, writing during the day. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I write in the morning, sometimes I write in the afternoon. I'm very disciplined about my outlines. I do outline and and I'm very disciplined about that. But my muse has a tendency to take over from time to time and we kind of go off on little tangents, but it's kind of fun. There you go. I need to I mean I need to take inspiration from that when I'm having insomnia. Usually (laughs) the only inspiration I'm usually having or thoughts going on in my head when I have insomnia is like, go the hell to sleep. We have to work tomorrow. Damn it. But maybe I could right. do a maybe I could do a novel of a guy who has insomnia and wait, <laughs> Stephen King do this novel sounds like that's something he already did, but about a man who can't who's just guy's insomnia wasn't there a movie about a guy who couldn't go to sleep called Insomnia I think it was called yeah. Robert, I think Robert De Niro or Al Pacino was in it or something I don't know but yeah maybe it's yeah. already been done 
all the great stuff has already been done. But you're just kicking ass and taking names. Now, so is there is there a formula for is 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 there lots of love scenes in the steamy love scenes in the book or uh, what's the pace of it you keep up through the book is is it just going to be one big love scene or or more no there's there's some scenes that lead up to the love scene uh-huh. and there's more than one love scene hmm. and it kind of you know it's i, I don't want to give too much away because yeah. it explores a lot about who those characters are who those people hmm. are how they fell in love what is important to them what resonates with them as a couple and what resonates with them as individuals but I, I will share that their first kiss is shared over chocolate molten lava cake. Oh, wow. That's good. That's good. I've had a few dates over chocolate molten lava cake. <laughs> that stuff is good. The it kid, is. Well, both are. <laughs> Kissing and the, know, whatever. But, uh, no, cho- I mean, that's that's a romantic setup right there. Chocolate molten lava cake. Chocolate molten lava cake, yes. Yeah, that's that right right away that just that gets the juices flowing there's a chocolate man that's good stuff what have we talked about that we can tease out the one thing about novels is we can't talk about the middle and the end usually what, what else have we teased out on the book that we should tease out the couple connects over colin as the main lead character and mm-hmm. brielle comes to renovate the chapel mm-hmm. and they actually connect over over the, his history his history is part of what the chapel is. His parents actually died in an accident just before the novel started. And mm-hmm. that's how he learns that, you know, that's why during the beginning of the novel, he learns that he has this hereditary duty because he wasn't really aware of it. And his parents died suddenly. Oh, wow. But the chapel itself is actually a project of his mother's. Mm-hmm. And he kind of inadvertently inherits it. And he doesn't really mm-hmm. want it. You know, he, he's a lawyer from Edinburgh and, and he, uh-huh. you know, they call him solicitors there. We call him lawyers, yeah. but he's a lawyer from Edinburgh and he doesn't really want it. He's been called to the castle in order to deal with her and he doesn't really want to deal with her. But then when he first meets her, you know, and discovers that she has this rich knowledge of history of his family and how the McDougals are, are you know, part of the Lord of Lorne, which, which were mm-hmm. the original Vikings along the Western Isles in Scotland. Oh. And she has all this vast knowledge of, of what, what his family is and how important the chapel is to his family and how important is the castle and the, and the history of his family. And, and initially, when, it, when he first has to meet her, he's thinking, oh, you know, what does this American know? You know, why, why would my mother, because his mother picked her, you know, why, why would, you know. Oh, why? But then when he meets her, he becomes very enchanted with the fact that she's very knowledgeable and finds his, the, the history of his family something very fascinating. Wow. And they actually connect over a dram of whiskey. Ah, that's usually where I pick up all my dates, a dram of whiskey. <laughs> there you go. In the bar. So this castle, do you, have you been to this castle? Did yes, you I have. Go there and do research? Had you, had, let me ask you this. Had you been there before and this went as inspiration of the story or did you do it and going there for research? I actually, my husband and I went this last June. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did a we did a like week and a half two weeks tour of Scotland and mm-hmm. we spent an entire day in Oban Scotland mm-hmm. um, and Oban is one of the main little cities along the Western Isles of Scotland and Dunstaffnage mm-hmm. Castle and Donnelly Castle which is the both castles actually sit on the coast right near Oban Scotland and mm-hmm. both of these were previously owned by the McDougal family and are part of their rich history Wow. And they both actually appear in the the in, in within the entire series. Dunstaffnage wow. appears in the first book, and then we learn about Donnelly in the third book. Wow. Maybe this is like yeah, go ahead. It'll get f- even more famous with your books and become a stopping point. <laughs> Everyone will start going by there. Well, they're actually ruins, but they are they are very nice to visit and, and they're they're 
very nice. They're nicely kept. The interesting thing is that Donnelly Castle, the McDougall family, actually got back recently, oh. like within the last 10 years or so. So they actually oh. own Donnelly still. Wow. So they're not going to sell it to you probably anytime It's a ruin. Soon. No. <laughs> no. I mean, you, you could renovate it and then, you know, it could be like a tourist thing for fans of your books. See? This for is billions, the, but sure. This is the... This is the <laughs> This is the mind thing. Is it billion? Is it worth billions? Wow. Okay. It's well, it would it would take billions to renovate it. Oh, it's it actually rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's yeah, the family the family actually lives. <clears throat> there's a, a smaller home that's mm -hmm. uh, was built much later, mm -hmm. probably around the nineteenth century, that they actually reside in on the property. There you go. Well, Margaret, just think big here. Just maybe write some more books and you know mm -hmm. save. There you go. I don't know. It's just an idea. So I think there's a book launch you're doing or some sort of gift basket or something. Tell us a little bit about that. There's a swag box or something. Yes. Yes. The Stone of Love book swag box. Uh, mm. It's actually a brainchild of mine and I've, it's actually taken off really well. I'm actually giving a number of these away, but the mm. next one that I'm giving away will be this next Monday. It'll be on my Facebook page. Mm. I'll be hosting a Facebook launch party. Monday, March 4th, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Standard Time. And if you tune in, comment, we engage a little bit, I'll actually pick one of the people from the party in order to win the book Swag Box. What's in the book Swag Box is actually kind of fun. Naturally, the book. Mm -hmm. There is a bookmark. There is a recipe card that has chocolate molten lava cake recipe. Ooh. Ooh. That is on the recipe card. There's an author pen. Mm -hmm. There is a calendar from my publisher, Wild Rose Press. So there's mm -hmm. a 2024 calendar, wall calendar, located with it. There is a stuffed animal from the lore in uh. the book. And I'm not going to give it away because it's a special story, special fable in the book. Mm -hmm. There is a insulated metal wine glass because Brielle, the main character, <laughs> loves Chardonnay. There is also a Dublin whiskey shot glass. That is, and both the wine glass and the oh, shot glass yeah. have a special logo for Stone of Love etched on them. And that's, then there's also a book bag. There you go. I That's funny. I'm looking at the picture. I won't tell what the creature is, but the I've seen insulated mugs for like water and coffee. I just chose one for wine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a footed, it is a footed glass for wine. Isn't that hysterical? There you go. Because, you know, sometimes you need that on the drive to work. Don't do that, people. It's a joke. <laughs> This is when you're, when you're traveling between parties, but don't drink drive. The uh, there you go. I didn't even know there was one for wine. There you go. So this sounds like fun. Where where can people find your Facebook page? What name is it under? Link is there a link? I gave you a link, but there is also you can find it. It's Mizard Arthur M I Z A R D Author is okay. where you can find me on my Facebook page. There you go, Mizard Author. Look for that. Margaret Mizard Author is the one that I have. I think this is the. Is this your personal one or is this your, this is, I think this is the fan page. It's so, a fan yeah. page. Uh -huh. Yeah. So there you go. Search for that folks and you should be able to find it and uh, get involved in that. So it, Margaret, it's been fun to have you on the show. We talked about the steamy scenes. So I'll look forward to lust book of lust, a stone of lust. I think it is. Yes. Stone of lust. Anything, whatever the lust part is, just let me know. Um, <laughs> and people can pre-order it now so they can get it wherever fine books are sold. Thank you very much for coming on the show. Give us uh, any dot coms we haven't covered here as we go out. Margaret Azard, author.com, M-A-R-G-A-R-E-T-I-Z-A-R-D, author.com is where you can find me and my books. There you go. Stone of Love, the Stones of Iona series comes out March 4th, 2024. You're going to want to uh, hurry up, order it, pre-read it, 
or pre-order it, pre-read and mm-hmm. read it. Just just read it. Okay, come on. And then book two is going to come out June 12th, so you need to yes. read it fast. Eh? And then Stone of Lust, book three coming out in 2025, and watch for Thistle in the Mistletoe holidays from 2024. So yes. there you go. A, a burgeoning, prolific author sits before us, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to check out her works. Thanks for coming on the show, Margaret. Thanks for our audience for tuning in. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Foss, LinkedIn.com, Fortress Chris Foss, YouTube.com, Fortress Chris Foss, and Chris Foss, one of the TikTokity. Thanks for tuning in. Be good to each other. Stay safe. We'll see you guys next time. And that should help us out.